chapter 12. My lovely wife's mom and her two sisters are here visiting us. Now, we were going to give, a, I guess, a prize today away for who um, came the farthest. We got St. Florine over here. Anybody came, anybody further than St. Florine? All right. Anybody, St. Florine? Where, where do y'all come from? Green <laughs> okay, Green Hill. That's right, close. Anybody, do we have any Cloverdale in the house? All right, then we got a Cloverdale. All right, just come on. Well, they came from Palm Coast, Florida and Bradenton, Florida. So can we make them feel welcome today, Deanna's family? All right. You know what we need? Church, we need a little joy. Come on, I... Y'all need to help me through this message. If you talk to me, I'll preach a little shorter. (laughs) Woo, I'm getting a witness. Oh, glory to God. Go, brother, go. (laughs) We need some joy, y'all. Now, I, I, I hesitate to even go there, but you know, when we're seeing the stuff that's happening on TV, you know, the stuff, the terrorism, when you see the, 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 the disease, Ebola, man, I can tell you one thing that can sure sap your joy in a New York second is if you turn on the news and watch it for 60 seconds. You'll start going out singing gloom, despair, and agony on me. That'll be your thing. That'll be the old hymn of the church. But I have found this church, joy is a choice. And oh boy, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm going to be preaching to the little preacher as much as I'm preaching to anybody else. I may just go in the back row and just amen myself the whole time. (laughs) Because I have found that my joy, your joy, should never be dependent upon somebody else. Help me now. And it should not be dependent upon your circumstances. Listen, if your team won yesterday, oh, don't you go there, preacher. Or if your team lost yesterday, or if your team didn't play yesterday, that should not have determined the, jo- the level of joy that you have today. Hey, finish this sentence in your head. You don't have to shout it out. Happiness is... Yeah, go ahead with yourself. You finish it in your head. Happiness is. What'd you say? Well, you know, understand. Now I set you up because well, he's talking about joy. He's talking about the joy of the Lord. So, the politically thing correct to say in the house of the Lord, happiness is Jesus. Oh, well, well really? Oh, come on, really? Is that, is that is that what you? In other words, if I, we were to follow you around, you know, all week long, sneaking up, looking over your shoulder. Is really happiness Jesus for you? What about if you get a bad report from the doctor? Mm. Your joy can leave if you're setting your joy on something else. Oh, I've heard, you've seen the bumper stickers? Life is a beach. Huh. Y'all seen some bumper sticker theology? It's out there, y'all. How about this one? I mean, this is talk about encouraging. Life is hard, then you die. I mean, that person is taking martyr pills, I think, you know. 
You know there are a lot of people sitting in church today of the first church of the sour pussies. <laughs> Going to church with a big old scowl on their face. I'm holy. <laughs> and you kind of, you know, y- y'all know the kind of religious people I'm talking about. It's, you know, three-piece suit, women in their burkas. You know, everybody, we're solemn. We're serious. Yeah, there's a time to be serious, but listen, sometimes, sometimes you got to smile. Because I have found the Bible is filled with joy. I said the Bible is filled with joy. So happiness is, is whatever you make it. But happiness, although eh, it's in the Bible, that word is in there. Happiness is really a term that, that, that defines happenings. And as long as everything is going all right, I can be happy. But I have found, and let me see if I can get a witness here today, that you can be going through hard times. I have found that you can be going through times of sorrow. You can be going through times where you just feel like you're battling for your life, but you can back up and you can say, hold it, but I've got something deeper than what I'm going through. You know, some people have happiness, but it's in their sorrow. You hear what I'm saying? Some people get happy, but once their happiness is over, they go right back to their sorrow. Some people have found joy that's deeper, and they can be in sorrow, but they, can, but they go right back to their joyfulness. Did you know a bar is a counterfeit church? It is. A bar is a counterfeit church. Why? You got music. <laughs> you got spirits. You got dancing. You got fellowship. You got the pastor. He's the bartender. And you know, you go into a bar and, and, and you know, they're in there drinking, y'all. If you've never been there, I can tell you many, many moons ago, back in the day, I got there in there drinking and smoking and talking and dancing. All right? But here's the thing, they can laugh and they can eat and they can lie and they can chew and they can do all that. But guess what? When they go get in the car and go home in the morning, they're going to wake up and look in the mirror and they still got the same problems they left in the bar. But you and I have got something different. We've got something the Bible calls the joy of the Lord. And if you think, oh, come on, that's kind of crazy. You're setting us up. Now, I'm, 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 feeling, I'm feeling this today. I'm praying, I can pray and I can impart what he's put in me to you. But you got to understand this. The word of God says in his presence is the fullness of joy. Ah! I'm going to do it one more time. In his presence is the fullness of joy. You're going to preach to me this morning. So I want to ask you, I'm going to look you in the eye. How's your joy this morning, neighbor? Where's your joy? And let me, let me even take it up this. If you were to measure your joy today from one to 10, how's your joy doing? How's your joy? 
Because you want to say, are y'all, y'all in uh, Isaiah 12? Oh, we're going to get there. Hang on, hang on. I was going to check in on you. So did he forget? No, we're going to get there. I got to prime the pump. I got to get me there. It says, this is Nehemiah 8.10. It says, the joy of the Lord is your, y'all help me now. Y'all help me preach this morning. The joy of the Lord is your, the joy of the Lord is your, all right, so what is the devil after? I'm going to look you down. Back row. What is the devil after today? In this morning, you sitting right there as pretty as you are and as handsome as you are. You see, he looked right at me when he said that. Amen. <laughs> what is the devil after? He's trying to get your joy. Why? If he can sap the joy out of life, he knows he's getting your strength. And now he's made you weak. Now you can't make any progress. Now he's paralyzed you as a believer and you're going to find out it makes you unfruitful if you don't have joy in your life. So I'm not talking about that hype kind of stuff. I'm not talking about a comedy club or a sitcom. Or, I mean, you under, understand, that's, that's hollow laughter. But there's something about this joy that it says that those disciples, when they came down from that, 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 that upper room, I almost said that empty room, when they came down, it said that, that, that the, it said it was nine o'clock in the morning and people around, oh, this is crazy, y'all. In a religious person, church, it should make people freak out. It said that they thought because these men had been in the, men and women in the presence of God, 120 of them, they'd been up in the upper room. It says when they came down, they, something was going on because they, they were saying these men had been drinking. And what did old Pete say? He said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. Have you ever seen old happy drunk? Yeah. Just, just old happy drunk. Well, we all know that that happy drunk, that, that happiness doesn't end well, but apparently they thought these, these, men have been, these men and these women have been drinking. And they were thinking, they're just a little too happy. They're a little tipsy. What kind of church would it be if when we left every Sunday instead of leaving out, you know, with an old scowl, we all been in service sucking on sour grapes. What y'all been doing? We love, we're holy. We love God. And old people out in the world, you know, they're not in church this morning. They're going to see you at, at you know, I'm going there, Texas Roadkill. You know, you're going to go, and they're going to look at you. And what they need to see is that because you've been in the fullness of his presence, you're a little tipsy. So why are you so happy it's, oh, Sunday afternoon? Why are you happy? Well, I, 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 found, I found the new wine. I told you about that, didn't I? I late one night, I'd been visiting with my sister down in Pinson, Alabama. Yeehaw! It was about two o'clock in the morning and uh, I was leaving to go back home. <clears throat> I walked in one of them 7-Eleven and I walked in and there's this guy back behind the, the cash register and I was, you know, I guess I was just happy because I'd been talking about the Lord and everything. I was two o'clock in the morning. I think it's like a Friday night. And I came walking in and the guy behind the cash register, he's kind of watching me. I came up and put my soft drink up there, you see. I said, how you doing? He's like, well, I'm fine. How are you? I said, man, I'm great. He goes, what you doing tonight? I said, I'm just, just having a good time. 
No kidding. Here's what he did. Y'all, there was nobody else in the store. <clears throat> he leaned over the counter. He kind of had, he, he had a mullet. <laughs> Does anybody remember mullets here? That should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> he had a mullet. He leans over and looks now. He says, hey, what you got? <laughs> oh, tee it up, baby. I, I see the curveball. I see it. It's a hanging ball. Oh, baby. I just looked. I leaned back. I shouldn't have done it, y'all. But I did. I leaned back in. I said, I got the new stuff. <laughs> no kidding. Old brother Mullet stepped back and said, Whoa! He said, What's that? I said, I got the new wine. He said, You say what? I said, I got the new wine. He said, What's that? I said, It's Jesus. He went, I freak out! I have found when you get in the presence of God, you cannot be a sourpuss Christian. You cannot be an old critical, judgmental, old mean-spirited. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been to that first church of the mean spirit and self-judging. And you can't be that way. Now, let's look at Isaiah 12, verses 2 through 3. We finally got there. And here's what he says. Behold... God is my salvation. See the explanation point there. I will trust. Somebody say, I will trust. And not be afraid. That's real important. For the Lord is my strength and my song. Yes, he has become my salvation. Therefore, and what's the therefore, therefore? Because of what just was aforementioned. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy. Somebody say, with joy. With joy joy will you draw from the wells of salvation. With joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation. Do you notice there that the word, first of all, it says, with joy shall you draw. And it says, and we shall draw. Notice the word is plural, wells. Do you understand? Look at me, child of God. There are wells inside of you. There are, some would call it cisterns. There are holding tanks inside of you. Understand, here's what I'm trying to, the the title of the message is Secret Place of Joy. Unlocking the hidden places of joy inside of you, which is where God's strength lies. You have all you need right inside of you. Come on, I need a good amen right there. All you need is right inside of you. Greater is he who's in you. The great one lives inside of you. And all you need, and we will draw from the wells of salvation. So I'm only gonna touch on a couple of things here this morning of what those wells are. But did you know that right there, where you're sitting, you can draw from a supernatural supply that God has already deposited in you by his spirit, joy. You say, oh, come on, are you kidding me? Hey, 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 ready? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Now we could keep going, but stop right there for a second. 
Notice the, the big one, the, the big mother load, the, the big cheese. I mean, the big one coming right out the bat is love. You know what I have found? I found that joy fl- flows out of love. Come on, now, anybody been in love in here? If you fall in love, you get a little bit of joy. Oh, I still remember that natural kind of love because I'm talking about a supernatural love now, but I'm talking about a natural love. I got a call from some friends of mine who were campus pastors at Florida State University. Oh, sorry. And said, we got, we got a girl we want to introduce you to. I said, all right. And I walked in and I saw Deanna Brown sitting there and I'm just going to put it this way she looked good (laughs) thank you back there (laughs) so old Bill 32 year old you know everybody's thinking you know he's going to be a bachelor to the rapture you know he's going to wait till the Lord comes back I was holding out I was waiting on the Lord's timing all you kids wait on the Lord's timing notice I looked over there when I said that all back there, wait on the Lord's, wait on the Lord's one, because you'll never regret that. I walked in, and I just simply said, <clears throat> I got real spiritual. I said, praise God, this is what I'm talking about right here. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I know, it's superficial, I know it is, but see, after our third date, after I found out her heart, I said, man, you'll be a fool if you don't marry this girl. So everybody wonders how I got her. It was, because it was all personality, y'all. y'all. It was all personality. That's how it worked out. It was a blind date, and yes, she was. All right? Thank you. Come back. Tell, we're here all week. Tip your waitresses. You know. But listen, when you get in love, it brings joy. Why don't you look at what Jesus said? Flip over to John 15. Jesus, what he had to say. Because see, what I found is that love, that, that excuse me, joy comes out of being loved. I am loved. Somebody say, I am loved. I am loved. Do you believe that? Yes. Come on. Do you really believe you're loved today? Because it'll change everything if you are. Look at what Jesus said. John 15, I'm going to pick it up in verse 7, y'all. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, now notice the word abiding there, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Do you see that? Bear much fruit so that you'll be my disciples. These things, that I've spo- these things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Do you see that? He says, I want my joy to remain in you and I want your joy to be full. I want to ask you again, child, God, what's the level of the joy you have? Did you walk into church today with despair or maybe things that are going on around, but it has robbed you of the joy? Let me tell you something, you've been tricked. The devil has found out that if he can rob you of your joy, he can take your strength away from you. You better guard your joy and it comes from, first of all, knowing that I'm loved. It's, it's a whale. Love is a whale. Are you dipping today? No, not that kind of dipping. Are you dipping 
And the well of salvation called love. See, that word salvation there means total salvation. It doesn't mean just, okay, my name's written in the book, I'm going to heaven. It means I've, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm blessed, I'm prospering. Everything that God says that I am, I am. Come on, somebody. It means when I'm saved, it means to the uttermost. It's all of it. So how saved do you want to be? And he says, with joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation. Now, y'all see what I'm holding up here? Because if you forget this whole message, I don't want you to forget the little sponge. All right? See the little sponge? He says there, if you abide in me, and my word abides, if you remain in me, he said, you're going to bear much fruit. Do you know joy is a seed? Did you know joy is a seed? Because how do we know that? Because it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So apparently, when a seed of joy is planted, it can grow into a fruit of joy. Here's what I need for you and me to do, and we're going to do this today spiritually. We need to take our mind. Are you looking at me? Take our mind. The Word of God says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Bible also says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Do you know you need to make up your mind if you're going to be happy or not to be merry? If you don't make up your mind, your unmade up mind is going to be your unmaking. You need to check up from the neck up. Because that's why Paul says now, uh, there, there are certain things, if anything be noble, pure, praiseworthy, lovely. And he goes right down through that list and he says, and I want you to think on these things. Hey, let me grab your mind up here. Hey, hey, where's your mind right now? See, if you got your mind rooted in his love, you're drawing from his love and you're going to start, but it's going to not be long. You can sit there and be as stoic and as conservative as you possibly can. But before long, you start meditating on his love and what he thinks about you, what he says about you, your lips going to start doing a little dance. Amen. You seeing me out there? The corner of your lip. I got a little twitch. I'm trying to be holy, Bill. Leave me alone. I'm in church. I'm trying to be religious. And you're going to be start smiling. What's wrong with you? I, I, I feel it coming on. I, I, I've been dipping in the well. I know that I'm loved. Woo! I almost played the happy song because I'm so happy. You know, but that's that's kind of a normal love. That's a natural love. I'm talking to you about a supernatural love. And you need to dip down in His love. Are you dipping on a daily basis? Some of you uh, older face, older folks' faces, yeah, uh, would remember this. Some of y'all young folk. We used to go to Grandma's house in Carbon Hill, Alabama. Anybody know where Carbon Hill, Alabama, is? Two people, Walker County, y'all. Mama and them, they come. We came from uh, coal miners. All right, Papa was a coal miner. All right. So we would go out and listen, don't forget about turning on the AC back in those days. The kids sit in the back and you had 455, you know what I'm talking about? Four windows down at 55 miles an hour. That was your air. <laughs> and uh, we'd drive, y'all remember that? Driving down, oh man, it's summertime. Driving down, and, and once you got off I, or not I, excuse me, Highway 78, you'd get on a dirt road. Anybody remember those old dirt roads? Country home, take me home. Driving down, you know, and listen, it took forever. 
And when we got there, we'd been driving, you know, for an hour or so. We get there and we get up on the porch. That's when they used to set out on the porch. Anybody remember that? Because what else? Because there ain't nothing else to do but sit on the porch. You know, you had four channels, maybe three, and your remote was junior. Get up and turn the channel, boy. You didn't have Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. You just Twittered on the front porch, you know. And we would, we would get there and everybody, Mama and Papa would be sitting out there in the rocking chairs. And y'all know where I'm going with this? And there was always a big old tin bucket sitting right there on a table. And there was a ladle. <laughs> Any germaphobe, this would just drive them nuts. And they'd say, y'all come on up. We just went down to the well and dipped some water out. It's nice and cold. You want a drink? And everybody go up with that same ladle and dip it down in that bucket, take a big old drink, mm, you know, and then it hand the ladle to you. I'd be thinking, can somebody get, this is biohazard, this is, you know, can somebody get some Purell and wipe this thing down? Because everybody else drank from the same ladle. But there was something about dipping that ladle, that cup down, and getting some of that cold water. What's the Lord saying to you and me today? You need to deep down. You need to dip down. Look at me. In my presence is fullness of joy. And if you don't have joy, you don't have my presence. You've been out of my presence. But if there's fullness of joy in His presence, that means, Lord, I've taken my mind, I've taken my spirit, I've taken, and I've dipped it down. And your love. And when you pull it out, and guess what? If I were to walk up to you this morning and squeeze you real hard, what would come out? Would it be ugly? (laughs) Would it be something of this world because you've stored up the world all week? Or when you squeeze you, what would come out? Would it be his love? Because he said, I want you to abide in my love. All right, now go to, the, go to Philippians 4. The second thing I've learned about joy is that it's knowing and learning to be content. First, joy is knowing that I'm loved. Second, it is knowing that I have learned contentment. In Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13, this is Paul speaking to the church. By the way, the whole book of Philippi, excuse me, Philippians is a book he's writing it from prison. <laughs> I mean, can you picture this man? He's sitting in a dungeon somewhere and it's all moldy and mildewy and it's dark and he's hungry and he's probably chained and he's pinning these words to us, you and right now. And the theme, if you study the whole book, it's all about joy. Oh, by the way, this is the book, by the way, hey, that says rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you didn't get it the first time, I'm gonna say it again. Again, I say rejoice. So what is he saying, Ryan? He's sitting in prison. He's saying, put your re back in your joyce. Rejoice. And if you didn't hear me the first time, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. And this didn't say, rejoice because you look like Elvis. Rejoice because of this or that. Because did you see my bank account? Did, did you see what I, 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 I'm on the mountaintop? No, no, you rejoice in the Lord, which means there's a joy that's not of you. It's of him. And he says in verse 11, for I have learned that whatever state I'm in, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, I've learned that whatever state I am to be content. 
I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry and both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through him, through Christ who strengthens me. Look at me, beloved. What he's saying, hey, shh. Contentment is a secret of happiness. If you're always looking for the, well, if I just had a husband like that, if I just had a wife like that, you know, it's a lot of people are like that. Now, did you know that marriage is like flies on a screen door? Those who are in want out, those who are out want in. Come on, I need an amen there. You know I'm telling you. There's a lot of people that's like that. Oh, if I, could, if I could just have that job, if I could just get that, if I could just get that race. Well, if I could just live in that place, if I could do this, if I could do that. And joy is always destination. It's always in something else. And, somewhere, and what Paul has said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. And guess what happens? When you do it, you dip your sponge down into contentment and you pull it out and you squeeze it. And all of a sudden you've got, wait a minute, I've got joy in my life, but it's not based on what I'm going through. It's based on who I'm in and who's in me. I wish you'd help me with an amen right there. Hallelujah. You know what the great rat race is? Y'all heard of the great rat way? Let me rewind that. Let me come back and try that again. I got the new lips today. You know what the great rat race is? It is working two jobs to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't know. You know, there's a lot of people in there. I heard there were two two, two, uh, grave diggers. This rich man said, when I die, I want you to take me and put me in my favorite driving outfits. I want those gloves with the little knuckles taken out. And I want you to put me with my scarf and my driving hat and my goggles on and I want you to put me in my favorite little red sports car with the top down. As I said, that's the way I want you to bury me. And sure enough, the day came that he passed. And there they were, the two grave diggers are digging on, sitting on this, leaning on their shovels and they're watching as the man, there he was, sitting in his car, all dressed up, being lowered down into the grave. And they lowered him down and he's all the way down six foot, six foot under. And one of them looked at the other and said, man, wow. Now that is living. <laughs> Do you see how crazy we can get with life? And this is that sometimes we think happiness is something else. Well, look at me. Happiness is inside of you, if I can use the word. Joy is inside of you, but you got to take and you got to dip down in that well and you got to pull it out and say, I have learned to be content. The next thing is I've learned that I'm worthy. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of power might be of God and not of us. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. Do you realize that Jesus is inside of you today? Do you know that he lives, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that everywhere you go, God is with you and in you and he's for you and not against you? And understand this, on your best days, you say, man, I got it all together today, man. I, I, I got it together. I got my act together. Did you know on your best days, you're never worthy to stand before him? Because you have to be perfect. But understand this, let me come over here now. Did you know on your worst days, 
that you're always worthy to stand in his presence? Because when you come into him, the word says that by faith, you've been made righteous in his sight. And so in standing before him, when you stand before him, he, he goes, he says, hey, child, you want to know how much you're worth? And he sheds his blood. And he said, that's how much you're worth. I gave my life. And so the question is, how much would one drop of Jesus cost where eternal life is in that DNA? And wherever that's watched, it cleanses that person forever. How much money, how much wealth would buy one drop of blood? And here's what your God says about you. When I shed it, I so loved you that I gave. And in shedding my blood, there's your worth. No money can be set on your head. There is no price for you today because my blood determines my auction. It's how much I redeemed you with. And so that should do something inside of you today. Say, wait a minute, I'm worthy because I meet so many people and don't you who've been beat up and battered by this world, they've been told they're stupid. They've been told they're idiots. They've been told they're ugly. They've been told they're too fat, too skinny, uh, whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the devil and the world is beating them down. You can see it. They walk around with their head down and they don't smile. They have no joy because they don't know what they're worth. The moment you find out that I'm worth something, your head snaps up. Your shoulders come back. You start walking around with joy because you know who you are and you know who redeemed you and you know whose child and whose family you belong in and all of a sudden you start acting out the joy that's inside of you. Can I get an amen? Last thing and then we're done is knowing I am generous. I am loved, I'm content, I'm worthy and I'm generous. Oh, I can't leave it without going to this. Acts 20 verse 35. Paul speaks to them and says, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Now he's talking about giving there. He says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you see that church? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Just this past week, I saw a special on uh, on the news And they were saying now that when you give, now stay with me on this. They say when you are generous and when you give, that in your brain, it creates a new pathway. Do you know that you're wiring your brain right now when you think? Your brain is creating pathways. It's it's creating ways uh, to think that weren't, have never been thought before. When you do something you've never done before. Do you know that when you begin to give, that that new pathways appear in your brain? And guess what is on that pathway? It's the path of joy. They said that they have found you can measure in a person's life that when they gave, that joy came out of that person more than in receiving a gift. Did you catch that? How many of you parents, how many grandparents on Christmas Day, all right? That you know little Binky and Bobo. They, you were at the Walmarts. Not Walmart, Walmarts. You were down at the Walmarts. And they were like, you know, right, grandchildren, come over here and talk about grandchildren for a little bit. Uh, did you see that, mommy? Oh, 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 I, oh, I'd love to have that. I want that for Christmas. You know, what, what registers in mommy's, daddy's mind? 
Mm. That's what's going to bring them some joy. And so you're waiting. They don't know it. You, you, you trick them. You know, well, I don't know if we can afford that this Christmas. Put that on your list. That's what we always say. Put that on your list. And then Christmas morning there. And there it is under the tree, the package. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. And little junior pulls up there. Open this one right here. They start tearing it open. Watch their face. They rip it and they turn the box around. Oh! I just woke three of you up right there. (laughs) Ah, can you, I hear that ringing in my ear. And yet what, what's happening? They're freaking. That's a biblical term. Freaking. Oh! It's, it's, it's the thing. It's the thing I saw at the Walmart. And they're all happy, aren't they? Hey, mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, what's going on inside of you? Come on. Joy. Why? Because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I want to finish with this because the psalmist put it this way. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Hey, friend, being saved is supposed to be joyful. (laughs) I have found in churches I've been, you actually need to inform people. It's a good thing to be saved. Because the way y'all acting, it doesn't seem to be very good. But it's a good thing. And, And apparently David had gotten away from that. He had gotten into despair. He had gotten into depression and, and to you know, discouragement. All these things were hitting his life. And he forgot the joy of his salvation. So his prayer to the Lord was, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Oh, my time is out. But I, 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 as, as much as I possibly can. Yeah, come on, Frank. Help me close. Neighbor, look at me. We need, to, we need to come back to the joy of our salvation again. Don't you know that we're living in a time when this world is trying to find joy in the bottom of a bottle? They're trying to find it on the stock market. They're trying to find it in sex and in money and in, and in, and in things. And, or, they're, or they're trying to find it in Hollywood or on the internet. And don't you understand that this whole world is looking for the very thing that's buried deep down inside of you. You have the joy of the Lord inside of you. Why? Because you are loved. Why? Because we're learning to be content no matter what we're going through. And we can do all things who gives us a strength. It's a, it's a well of strength. It's the fact that you're worthy. Do you believe that? Come on. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're worthy? Then you need to put it on your face. You need to... I think when our faith... I think our face today needs to get saved. Maybe your soul is saying you're going, but you need to inform your face. Hey, I'm worth something. Because why? Because that's what my God said. And you know what? I'm a giver. I've learned to be generous. And I find that every time I give, God comes in and he blesses me more. And I try to give him again. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's true, isn't it? And every time I give, God blesses more and more. And you just can't outgive him. Why? Because God so loved that he gave. He was the first giver, and he gets great joy. 
The word says he demonstrated his love for us and that while we are sinners, Christ died. In other words, he said, you want to see love? I'm going to give you my best love. And you can't even earn it. There's nothing you can do about it. I can't love you any more and I can't love you any less than I do right now. There's nothing you can do that can change my love for you. Isn't that good news? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to give an opportunity today. See, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. So if you're here this morning, you say, well, pastor, I'm here, but I'm not sure that I'm right with God. And I want to make sure today in leaving this this building that I am right with God.